Look in 2 Corinthians and the uh, 5th chapter. Oh, bless you, Lord. Let's pray and let's reverence this word. Father, thank you so much for your holy written word. It truly, it is life to us. It is health and medicine to all our flesh. And we open wide our heart and our mind and our ears to hear and receive it. And let it be just that tonight and from tonight. Give everybody ears to hear and receive. Let there come revelation of truth that makes us free and show us exactly anything that needs to be changed or done or stopped or started in our lives and we will receive it and we will honor what you say and we will not be hearers only but we are and shall be by your grace doers in Jesus name amen second corinthians the 5th chapter and the 21st verse for as i know this will be our text for this study second corinthians 5:21 says For he has made him to be sin for us, talking about Jesus, who knew no sin. Jesus was made sin. Actually, the words to be are in italics. That means they're added by the translators. So he, God, has made him, Jesus, made him sin for us. Was Jesus made sin with our sin? That's weak. You just got through reading it, right? Jesus was made, whether you understand it or not, if the word says it, that's the way it was. Jesus, it went on to say, him who knew no sin. Did Jesus ever commit sin? He never committed even one sin. In that sense, he was absolutely spotless. He's the spotless lamb. And yet, even though he never committed sin personally, yet he was made sin. Now here's the thing that a lot of people get squeamish about. and We're going to have to look at some things real straight on in this study. And uh, be careful about just assuming that you don't like something or you don't believe something. Look at the word. It's okay for you to not agree with me. It's not okay for you not agree with the Bible. Jesus was made sin with our sin. Didn't just say he sympathized with our sin. It said he was what? Made sin with our sin. Have you ever wondered, I know I wondered about this until I saw the connection, back in the book of Numbers, what is it about Numbers 21 or so, when those poisonous snakes were biting the people out in the wilderness, and Moses cried out to the Lord, and he told him to raise up a brass serpent on the pole, you remember that? And Jesus himself, what is it over in John 3 or so, says that that serpent on the pole is a type of him on the cross. Just like the serpent on, was raised upon the pole, even so the Son of Man must be raised up. How can a brass snake on a pole be a type of the Lord Jesus on the cross? Brass is representative of judgment in the Scriptures. And the snake, the serpent, representative of the enemy 
and sin and the work of sin in the enemy? How is a brass snake a type of Jesus on the cross? Because like the prophet Isaiah looked by the Spirit and saw that his visage was more marred than the form of the sons of men. Why? Because all the sins of mankind passed present and future converged on his sinless, spotless being. And he didn't just sympathize with it. He became sin. I know some theologians have a tough time swallowing that, but I'm telling you, if he didn't become sin, then you didn't become saved. Can't have it both ways. He became sin with our sin. That's why it was when Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane, and he sweat, the Bible says, he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. He wasn't just recoiling from the physical agony of being nailed to the cross. As awful as that was, that wasn't the biggest thing bothering him. Did you hear me? Because our redemption was not just physical, it was spiritual. And he knew by revelation of the scriptures and the prophecies, he knew, I mean, he had talked with Elijah and Moses about it. You remember up on the mount, he knew what was going to happen to his spirit as he hung on that cross. And don't you remember that it grew dark and he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The full brunt of the judgment of God for sin fell on him because he became sin with our sin. I mean, don't you misunderstand me. I'm not minimizing being scourged was awful. Being nailed to the cross was awful, but that doesn't touch what happened to his spirit. That's just an outward portrayal. I'm telling, can you imagine? We can't. Imagine all the sins of all mankind throughout the ages converging on one sinless, spotless being. We don't know what that did to him. We don't know what kind of agony he went through with that and then in the three days and nights. But we know this. He rose triumphant over it. He condemned sin in the flesh. Hallelujah. He bore the judgment of it and he has been raised from the dead and he's coming again, the Bible says, without sin. Then where's the sin at? It's been put away. Amen. And it wasn't his sin to start with. It was your sin. It was my sin that's been put away forever. Can you say amen? He became sin with our sin to what effect? To what result? Keep reading. He has made him, God the Father made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Oh, hallelujah. Now I'm just warning you, you may get happy. As we go through this, you might get very happy and you might squeal out or say hallelujah before you think about it. That's okay. Because if you can't shout about this, something's wrong, your ears are stopped up, you're asleep or something. This is as exciting as it gets. 
God has made him to be sin for us, him who knew no sin, in order that what? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him, in Christ. Was he made sin with our sin? Have we been made righteous with his righteousness? Just as surely as he was made sin with our sin, we have been made righteous. Didn't earn it. We haven't done a thing to deserve it. We just believed and received it. But we have been made righteous with whose righteousness? His righteousness. God's righteousness. Now righteousness has got to be one of the most misunderstood subjects in the church. And yet it's one of the most important things you could possibly talk about. There are, I don't know, there's like 600 references just to righteousness, not counting all the ones to justification and all the things that pertain to it. It's got to be a huge subject in the scriptures. You want to see how huge it is? Just get in your concordance sometime and start looking. I mean, it is gigantic. And if you've begun reading now in the epistles, the letters written to the church, we've started in Romans. Have you seen anything about righteousness? It's one of the central themes of the book of Romans. And not just Romans. It comes up again and again throughout the other epistles. Said out loud, he was made sin with my sin. I have been made righteous with his righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. We have been much more than forgiven. I'm going to explain that. Someone said, we've been forgiven. Oh, we've been forgiven, but way on out beyond forgiven. We've been saved from hell. Yes. If that's all you had, that'd be enough to shout about for eternity that you missed hell. Got to go to heaven. But we have been given much. That word don't even touch it. So much beyond missing hell and forgiven. We haven't just been allowed to get into the gates of heaven. We have been made righteous with God's own righteousness and raised up together with him and caused to be seated together with him at the right hand of the Father. No angel has ever sat down there. Did you hear me? And yet you and I, not one day going to, have been made to. Now. You get a hold of righteousness. In redemption, you will be a changed man or woman. Your whole life will change. Your whole prayer life will change. Everything about you will change. You will become a Christ man or woman. (laughs) You will walk in the very authority of the Christ. Amen. You will pray like the Christ. In fact, he will be manifest in you and through you and live through you in the earth. Hallelujah. 
Go back with me now, if you would, to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 3. In Romans 3 and verse 10. A lot of people quote this verse and then that's all they know. They just stop right there. They think ignorance is bliss, but it's damaging. Romans 3.10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. And people close their Bible and start preaching. Ain't none of us righteous. None of us. We've all fallen and come short of the glory of God. And a hundred folk go, Amen. We're just sinners saved by grace. Oh, that's right, brother. No, that ain't right. I said, no, that ain't right. We're so unworthy. We're so unworthy. Then you're not saved. Did you hear me? Now, don't get mad at me now. I used to sing the same songs. Used to say the same things, didn't know any better. You will not find the New Testament telling you you're unworthy. Hmm? No. But Christians have been fed this, and I can see why, because the devil is scared of this. Oh, he's scared of this out of his mind. So he has gone to great lengths to keep people confused and to keep people talking about their sin and their weaknesses and their failures and their shortcomings. Because if he can keep you in sin consciousness, he can keep you condemned. If he can keep you condemned, he will destroy your faith. He will destroy your confidence. That will destroy your prayer life. Did you hear me? It will destroy every other part of your walking by faith. And most of the church is highly developed in sin consciousness. Most of the time people just talk about how weak they are. And how God's everything and how we're nothing. The Bible does not teach that you're nothing. And that is not humility. It's ignorance. And a lot of it is a form of spiritual pride. People are proud about how unholy and unworthy and humble they are. Figure that one out. (laughs) No. It is a lie. It is wrong thinking. It is wrong believing. It is not the Bible. He was made sin with our sin. Did he take care of the sin problem? Did he pay the price for the sin? Then it's been taken care of. And we have been made unworthy. We've just been made, oh, sinners. Huh? Can you find that in the New Testament? No. We've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, whether you understand that or not, put it in your mouth and it'll change your life. Amen. Cease talking about your weaknesses. Stop talking about your failures. It does not please God. Stop talking about your past and your mistakes. That's acting like you're not forgiven. Quit going around dragging your feet 
and hanging your head and poking your lip out, going, we're so unworthy. I'm so un- I'm not worthy of any of the Lord's blessings. And the devil will say, that's right. You don't deserve a thing. Why do you think you'd ever get healed? Sorry as you've been, you're not going to get healed. And you go, I know it. I don't deserve to be. So that's right. You don't deserve anything. You understand that's where millions of Christians are? They don't expect their prayers to be answered. They don't expect their words to be effective. Why? Because they're so aware of their failures, their sin. And if you're aware of your sin, you are not aware that you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. You are not aware of the power of the blood to cleanse Not just from sin, but from all the condemnation, every bit of guilt, every bit of shame. Hallelujah. What good news. Begin to read. As it's written, there is none righteous, no, not one. But he didn't stop there. There's none that understands. There's none that seeks after God. They've all gone out of the way. They together have become unprofitable. There's none that does good, no, not one. He goes on to talk about the sad state of the man without God and the man without grace and the man or woman without the work of redemption. But he didn't stop there. Keep reading. Verse 21. But now. Everybody say, but now. But now. <laughs> say it again. But now. but now. I mean, that was so, yes. But something's happened. Jesus has come. The price has been paid. But now the righteousness of God, not of man, of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God. Everybody say of God. Which is how? By faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe for there is no difference for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God does it stop there no then do we stop there we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God do you know that most of the church has been preached to Like they are sinners, like they are unsaved for most of their time. A lot of times you'll have people every Sunday they come to church and the preachers preach to them exactly like all of them have never been born again. And sometimes uh, give an altar call for 30 minutes and everybody in the house has already been born again. But preach to the whole place like they are unsaved. The sinner does need to know that they have sinned and they've come short of the glory of God. And that their righteousness, their good works are unacceptable with God. Like filthy rags. But the Christian has already admitted that. And already confessed that. And already received Jesus as their Lord. Now they are not a sinner. They are not unworthy. They've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. And Christians do not need to be preached to like they're sinners. Did you hear me? Had a fellow want to argue with me one day. And back when I was younger and dumber, I used to do it. (laughs) 
used to load up and study and have my scriptures ready, and I'm, I won a few arguments, but lost the battle in the long run. You know, sometimes you can be technically right, and in the Lord's eyes, you're wrong, because your attitude and your heart, and I've come to find out most time talking about that kind of stuff is absolutely wasted motion and time. Because it's about people's hearts. This one guy though. He wanted to fuss and argue. Because I was teaching on healing every day where I was. And he said now healing's not the most important message. You know being born again is the most important message. And I thought he was going to swallow his teeth when I said I disagree. <laughs> I mean I didn't have to. He didn't have to say it. I saw it in his eyes. He's like I knew it. I knew it. You're a heretic. You're, <laughs> you're a cult. How could anybody. I said it depends on who you're talking to. As to what's the most important message. Hmm? If somebody has been born again. They are saved. Washed by the blood. But they can't pay their bills. Is the most important message to them. Getting saved. It is not. I said it depends on who you're talking to. You got somebody that's thoroughly saved. And knows they are. But they're sick and dying. Is the most important message to them. Getting saved. Being born again. No it is not. Depends on who you're talking to. If you're talking to somebody who's not saved. Then absolutely. The most important message. Is being born again. But that's why we need to ascertain. Who we're dealing with. Right? Right? Be led, don't just do a pat thing for everybody, just a standard answer for everybody. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Christians need to be taught that they're righteous. Amen. Amen. That they have authority in the name of Jesus. That they're healed by His stripes. That He wants them to prosper and increase. Amen. He says, keep reading here. Man, this is good. I'd preach it just for me if you wouldn't hear He said, the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all who? Is that you? Somebody say, that's me. Then what does that mean? The righteousness of God is to me and on me. Is that right? Because I believe. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, semicolon, still talking, being what? Being justified. Now, actually the same word translated righteous is sometimes translated justified. And there's about four words in the Greek and they're all very similar. They come from the same root. So usually when you're seeing the word just or justified, it usually means the same thing as righteous are right. What does it mean to be righteous? That E-O-U-S on the end has thrown a lot of people for a loop. That's King James way of saying right. Or rightness. And you look up the word in the Greek. It literally means just. Like it's translated. It means right. It also means innocent. I like that. Innocent. But just take it back to its simplest form. To be made righteous means to be made right with God. Hmm? From in the beginning, in the garden, we're going to talk about that. Man was created right with God. Man fellowshiped with God. Everything was right. 
between the man and God. But through sin, that was messed up. And through sin, it was no longer right. Man and woman was not right with God anymore. And then in successive generations, all sinned and came short of the glory of God. And that's all these verses we've been reading about. There was none righteous in their own self. No, not one. That's why Jesus had to come. No man or woman could make themselves righteous. God even gave the law that showed perfection, that showed what was right. And every man and woman that tried to keep the law came short, didn't they? Oh, but God knew that before he ever started. And he had a plan. Amen. And the plan was to send Jesus, who was absolutely, perfectly right and righteous with God and with himself. Perfectly sinless, spotless. And there was only one way to do it. He took all the sin and ungodliness upon himself and bore it and carried it and paid for it and satisfied the claims of justice and put it out of the way so that man could be right with God again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now everybody that believes on Jesus, we just got through reading it, everybody who believes... This righteousness of God is to them and on them. That means because I've received Jesus and because I believe what he said, I'm right with God. I'm right with God. Somebody said, yeah, but you've messed up. Yes, but he paid the price for my mess ups. Amen. I am right. Now here's the thing. I'm going to go ahead and say this and then we'll keep. I am as right with God as Jesus is. Because it's His righteousness I'm right with. Now I know that makes your head kind of go, uh, uh, but now it's your turn. Say it out loud. I'm righteous. Made righteous. With God's own righteousness. That means I'm as right with God as Jesus is. For it's His righteousness I'm made right with. Now if that sounds new to you, if that sounds strange to you, don't throw it away. Keep saying it. Keep looking at it. This is not something Keith told you. This is something I read to you out of the Bible. Amen. Well, if you're made right with God, what's holding you back? (laughs) What would keep your prayers from being answered? Did Jesus get his prayers answered? Huh? Why? He was right with God. I mean, there was no reason for Jesus' prayers not to get answered. When Jesus ministered to the sick, what happened to them? They got healed. Why? There was nothing hindering his faith. No shame, no guilt, no reservations. Now get it again. You have been made as righteous as he, because it's his righteousness you've been given. When that dawns on your spirit, when that renews your mind, When that gets real to you, you'll pray like Jesus prayed. You'll speak 
with the confidence that he did. My, my, my. Now you'll have to tell yourself this again. You'll have to say this again and again because the devil hates this. Oh, he hates this. And he has preached to the church through preachers that this is not so. And he'll try to tell you, oh, oh, who do you think you are? You're not Jesus. Are you in Christ? Is he in you? What does that mean? Are you complete in him? What does that mean? What does that mean? You're either forgiven and cleansed or you're not. You're either deserving of no punishment or you deserve to be punished. Hmm? Can't have it both ways. You're either righteous or you're unrighteous. Which one you want to be? It's not about you bragging. You didn't do this. You can't take any credit for this. Not about how good you've been. You have to admit the best you could do wasn't good enough. There's nothing I could ever do that would make me right with God. So I had to just say, I couldn't do it, but Jesus did it, and I receive His rightness with God. Mm-mm-mm. Glory to God. This will change your life. It is changing your life. Right now. Let's keep reading. Being justified. That means being made right. Being made innocent. Freely. By His grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. Through faith in His blood. Do you have faith in His blood? You know, there's some churches that have gotten squeamish about the blood. They don't want to talk about the blood. I've heard of churches that take songs out that have the blood in them because they think the blood is gory and they don't like it. Listen, friend, no blood, no salvation. This is one thing we cannot be tolerant about. We cannot be lenient with others' opinions about the blood is the core of our salvation. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. The scripture said, and now did you get this phrase though? Not just faith in Jesus, but faith in his blood. Faith in his blood. Amen. Hold your place there and go to the book of Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, 23. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Who is this? Everybody say, that's me. That's us. That's us. We are the church of the firstborn. Which are written in heaven. The margin says enrolled. Do you know your name is on a roll there? <laughs> And you know, Philippians uses the word polytuma describing our situation, and it means citizenship of heaven. You and I are right now citizens of heaven. 
You remember when he sent the uh, the twelve out and then the seventy out, and they came back shouting, said, "Man, Lord Jesus, even the devils are subject to us through your name." He said, "That's great, but let me tell you what you ought to really be rejoicing about: that your name is written in heaven." <laughs> My name's on the book up there. How about yours? <laughs> Not because of what I've done, because of what Jesus did, but I received it. And I believe it. Amen. We are enrolled there, and as citizens of heaven, we have rights. Rights in the kingdom. That's another wonderful message. But in Hebrews, keep reading, those that are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the, get this, to the spirits of just men made perfect. What could make a man's spirit just and perfect? The new birth. The blood of the Lamb. Amen. Keep reading. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the what? To the blood of sprinkling, that blood that speaks better things than that of Abel. You remember the story in Genesis? About how Abel, Cain killed Abel, and how that he came and said, where's your brother? And he said, I don't know where he's at. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Is that right? Remember, the life is in the blood. Well, what was uh, Abel's blood crying out for? He was innocent, wasn't he? I mean, his brother killed him because he pleased God with his faith and with his deeds. And he was envious of that and killed him for no other reason than that he envied him. Envy is a murderer. And if you got envy in your heart, you got murder in your heart. Read 1 John and think about it. Read 1 John, you'll see what I'm talking about. You don't have to pull a trigger to be a murderer. You ought to be glad when your brother gets blessed. If they step up higher than you do, you ought to shout. Amen. But Abel's blood was crying out. This is not right. I'm innocent. I was killed for no reason. Oh, but the blood of Christ is not calling for vengeance. It's not calling for justice. He came and died so we could be set free. You know what? His blood is speaking, among other things, on the mercy seat. It is proclaiming your innocence. It is proclaiming your righteousness, your holiness, your cleanness. You need to agree with it. I said you need to agree with it. Don't talk what you feel. Don't talk what you've experienced. Don't talk the thoughts the enemy brings to your mind. Agree with the word. If he says you're righteous, you say you're righteous. If he says you're innocent, you say you're innocent. Because he is the apostle and the high priest of our confession. He works in heaven with the words you say. Can you say amen? Amen. So don't talk about unworthiness. Don't talk about sinfulness. Talk about righteousness. Somebody said, yeah, but I blew it just this morning. Did you know 1 John 1, 9? Did you confess and admit your sin? Did you ask him to forgive you? 
Then what did he say he did? Oh, do you remember? If we'll confess our sin, he is faithful and, there's that word, just or righteous to do what? To forgive us of our sin. And that's not all. That's not all. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, if you've been cleansed from all unrighteousness, what's left? Righteousness. That means full righteousness restored. You are now completely right with God again, just as right as Jesus is, because it's His righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. I think I need to stop just a minute and just smile. If you think, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Don't quit on me. Don't quit on me. Hear it again. You need to get this. This will change your life. Bless you, Lord. Keep reading in Romans. That blood is speaking your innocence and your righteousness. And it never stops speaking. They're in heaven. They're on the altar. It continually speaks your innocence. Amen. Your righteousness, your cleanness in Him. Romans 3, keep reading. Being justified, verse 24, freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation, through faith in what? Said out loud, I have faith in His blood. To declare here, this is God's righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Now this is talking about all the sins that occurred in mankind from the time of Moses and before up until Jesus came. See, they offered the blood of animals. But Hebrews tells us that blood could never cleanse them. It just covered. And then next year, remembrance of all the sins was made again, and the blood of the animals was offered, and it was covered for another year, showing the forbearance of God. And He would bless them and gave them a limited righteousness based on what Jesus was going to do. Oh, but hallelujah, He has come. And He has Offered himself. And he has entered into the holy of holies. With his own blood. And obtained an eternal redemption for us. And it is finished. And it is done. The price is paid. Amen. Verse 26. To declare I say. At this time. His righteousness. God's rightness. That he might be just or righteous and the justifier or the righteousness of him which believes in Jesus. The only way God could be right in treating us like we're right is if he gave us Jesus' rightness. When Adam and Eve fell, they lost their right standing with God. You remember immediately they're hid in the bushes. 
cowering in fear. Now this is one of the biggest indicators that you don't know you're righteous. Fear. Sin consciousness produces fear. Righteousness consciousness produces boldness. I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about godly confidence. Hallelujah. Free from timidity. No embarrassment. No shame. Able to come boldly into the very throne room of God. How in the world could you and I come boldly in the throne of the most holy? How could you and I who've made so many mistakes. Who've had so many impure thoughts and said so many impure things. And done so many unrighteous things. How could you and I ever waltz into the throne room. Where most angels couldn't even come. Only one way. We've been made righteous. (laughs) We've been made righteous with Jesus' own righteousness. And we can come right into the very throne room of God boldly. And yet humbly and thankfully. He said he is righteous. That he might be righteous. And the righteousness, the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. Sometimes people hear us talking about this saying we're the righteousness of God in Christ. And they think we're trying to brag or boast. Absolutely the opposite. We're not bragging on ourselves about one single thing. Boasting is excluded. By what law? Of works? No. Works can't get it. But by the law of faith, you are righteous by your faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified or is made righteous. How? By faith, without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it's one God which shall justify the circumcision. How? Make them righteous by faith. And he will make the uncircumcision righteous. How? Through faith. How's it come? One way. By faith we believe it. We believe we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. And by faith we receive it. We receive that we are now the righteousness of God in Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I feel like we just got started. Go to 1 John and I'll close with this thought, I think. 1 John. 1 John and 3. I'm believing these scriptures are going to go off in your spirit. And will just ring inside you. You may just wake up in the middle of the night and just shout, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. (laughs) What does that mean? That means you're right with God. Amen. You're clean. You're innocent. We're going to get into what that means. I'm, that means a lot of things, but for now that suffices. First John 3 and verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. Hmm. You know, I think the angels are still kind of in shock. <laughs> At what the Lord has done with us. There's never been anybody like us. Hmm? 
in all eternity and time. People say, well, you know, maybe I'll be glad when I go to heaven I'll turn into an angel. No, no. That'd be a demotion. The Bible says we shall judge angels. We who for a little while have operated lower than the angels. Yet you and I are the actual sons of God. Jesus is not ashamed to call us his brother, his brothers and sisters. We're his brethren. Do we know who he is? And when he puts his arm around you and says, that's my brother. You, you, God is not ashamed to call us his very own children, his kids. We're talking about the almighty who made the planets. Says, yeah, they're mine. Those are my kids. Those are my boys and girls. <laughs> Jesus is the king of kings. Who's the kings? He's king of. Lord of lords. Who's the lords? He's lord of. They shall rule and reign with him. Who's going to rule and reign you, you and me, I don't care what you feel like right now, it ain't over. There's a lot going to happen between now and then. And it's starting right now tonight with you believing that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Look at, behold, what love, what kind of love. The Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not. They don't know who we are. One of these days they're going to see. Because it knew Him not. They didn't know who He was either. Verse 2. Read it. Verse 2. Beloved, what's that next word? Now. Now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. When we see him, we're going to go. We're like you. He's going to say, yeah, because I made you like me. And the angels will be going. They look just like him. And he is the express image of God himself. Turn over a page. (laughs) 4.17 4.17 Herein is our love made perfect that we may be scared about how unworthy we are in the day because we've made so many mistakes and we've come so far short of the glory of God that we, I mean in the judgment day we should probably go crawl under a rock that we should what? You don't even want to read that, do you? That we may have what? Boldness. Boldness when? You going to have Boldness. In the day when people are screaming and hollering for the rocks to fall on them and everything, you're going to stand up and go, that's my papa. 
Daddy. That's my big brother. But you're going to be bold to draw near. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Why? 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 Because. Oh, come on. Come on. Read that with me. Because as he is right now, how is he? He's doing real good. He is seated at the right hand of majesty on high, sitting, having put away sin, righteous and holy and pure. And as he is, so are we one of these days when we get to heaven. That's what's been preached to the church. Death is not even of God. Death is the enemy. Now, you know, I didn't say you're going to live down here forever. But death is of the enemy. There's no way that you dying is going to perfect you in redemption. The Lord didn't need a work of the enemy to complete his redemption. You have been made righteous now. The blood has been shed. The price has been paid. And as he is... So are we in this world. He's righteous. I said he's righteous. He's clean. He's holy. And so are you. I said and so are you. You're not an old sinner saved by grace. You were an old sinner. You have been saved by grace. Now you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Somebody stand up and thank the Lord for it. Father, thank you for making us clean. Thank you. The blood has done a perfect work. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Let's act on it. Close your eyes, everybody. Now, whether you've said something like this before, whether this is the first time you've ever said this, I want you to say it out loud. Father God. I believe in you. I believe in your son Jesus. That he paid the price. For all my sins. He became sin. With my sin. And he's been raised from the dead. Free from sin. Triumphing over. Death. Hell. The grave. All sin. And he has now made me. Righteous. With his own righteousness. I have been made. The righteousness of God. In Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I don't care. What kind of mistakes you have made. I don't care how hideous of a sin you committed and how heinous of a crime. I've had people look at me with tears and say, yeah, but now, Brother Keith, you don't know what I've done. I said, yeah, and you don't know how powerful the blood is. I don't care what you've done. I didn't say it was good. I didn't say it was all right. But we did say this from the word, the blood is more than enough to cleanse you and wash you. Amen. I want every one of us in here to receive complete remission 
and cleansing of every sin and every mistake that you've ever made. We just prayed that, but I, I don't care if you messed up this morning or last night. I want you to say it, say it out loud so that nobody will stand out. Say it out loud. I receive, I receive. Cleansing. cleansing. I receive, I receive. Washing. washing of all sin. I receive the removal of all shame, all guilt, all condemnation. There is now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. And I am in Him. Hallelujah. Believe it. He said if you confess it, He forgives you and He cleanses you, cleanses you, cleanses you from all unrighteousness. Any one of us in here has done things and said things we wouldn't want everybody to know. We could bring you up here and put the spotlights on you, myself included, and say, you know, show everybody something that you said or did that you wouldn't want everybody to know that you said or did. I've made mistakes, but I tell you what, I repented and God heard me. And I'm forgiven. And he's cleansed me. And I'm washed. And now get this. Now get a reason why I'm saying this. Get this. Now I don't. It doesn't matter if you found out some mistake I made. You nor the enemy nor anybody can make me feel bad or guilty or ashamed for any mistake I've made. Why? Jesus paid the price for that mistake. On the cross, he bore it away, and he's made me clean. So as far as he's concerned, I stand here as though I never made a mistake. I stand in Jesus' own righteousness. It doesn't get any better than that. Is he not the glory and the lifter of your head? So don't you go around dragging your heels and poking out your lip and woe is me and I'm so sorry and I'm a pitiful excuse for a Christian. The devil's been lying to you and you've been believing it and repeating it. You quit saying that and you start saying this. I've been forgiven. I've been washed. I've been clean. I've been made righteous. I've been made holy. I've been made innocent. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.